With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love, in Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Happy Thursday, and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. Today is July 7th, 2016. I'm Michelle Pache, and I'm filling in for Jeannie. I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thanks for spending our, your time with us. The call-in number is 646-200-4169. If you press 1, that will put you in a queue. I will call you by area code, and then you'll get an opportunity to talk with our host. We want you to call in with your comments or questions, which allow you to engage in actively strengthening and deepening your practice. So now, let's welcome Michael in support of developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness. Well, thank you, Michelle, and I hate to disappoint, but it's uh, Ah. Dr. Tim today, and and Michael is traveling. So we will do our best to fill in and discuss the ancient Aramaic art of forgiveness, technology of forgiveness. And uh, I am happy to report that this tool is transforming my life week by week, day by day. And the tool itself is made available as it's come down from the ancient Aramaic, through the Greek, through the translations of the ancient Aramaic Kaboris manuscript, and as Michael has found it in A Course in Miracles, Michael has been working with this process for probably 35 or 40 years at least, refining it and massaging it with direct observation of the results, with input from a variety of other students who have tried different aspects of it and it's been changed and tweaked over the years to the point where it's now available to us on a single eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper that is ridiculously simple in terms of its power. A lot of people look at the page and they say, Wow, there's so many words on here and some of these words I don't even understand the meaning and and that's true. There are many words on that page, and some of them need the glossary that's at the bottom of the page for most of us English speakers today to understand. And yet, the power that's contained in that worksheet or wake-up sheet process, the power to dismantle anger, fear, disappointment, hurt, guilt, shame, confusion, grief, Grief over the loss of a loved one, a pet, a child, a spouse, a sibling. The power in that process continues to stir up my energy of amazement, continues to surprise me with its effectiveness. And you can get that at www.whyagain.org. 
free to download. You don't even have to give a credit card or be put on a mailing list. It's completely free. You click on the link. It opens up the PDF. You can either work on it there or print it off and download it and make copies galore. You can also access Dr. Rice's Chapter 24 of his book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, where he goes into detail about the process and the how and why of the process of the forgiveness work. And you can also download, I believe it's 16 different files of audio shows like this, where Michael or Jeannie has stepped someone through the process of the worksheet. Real people with real life problems, whether it's related to a relationship, negative emotions, loss, finances, past trauma. And you can see one audio file at a time, one Internet show at a time, different strengths people have in using the process, different weaknesses, different stuck points, different successes. And in that format, it's a veritable bachelor's degree in how to use the worksheet process to transform your life for the better, to transform the negative emotional states, to transform the energy that results in negative physical symptoms, to transform the patterns in relationship that I bring into a relationship from my past traumas or my disruptions or my power person dynamics, a wealth of information available free. And I'm on the show today as a licensed clinical psychologist in Illinois with over 41 years of experience doing therapy, and I'm here to say that the tools that Dr. Rice and Jeannie are making available for free on this website are some of the most powerful, some of the most accessible tools I've encountered in all my years of experience doing therapy and in training, bachelor's degree, graduate degree, and postgraduate work, all inclusive. So if you, if you want, if this is intriguing at any level, how could filling in the blanks on an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper dismantle confusion, fear, anger, rage, grief, shame, or guilt? If in any way that's intriguing, call us. Ask us about it. Even better than calling and asking, go to whyagain.org, W-H-Y-A-G-A-I-N.org, and print off the worksheet for yourself and watch what happens when you fill in the blanks based on your current life experiences. And one worksheet at a time, I have been showing myself, actively demonstrating to myself that all of my internal emotional responses are created inside me by the choice of the focus of my conscious awareness. And that when I change the focus of that conscious awareness, when I identify the goals I have selected that aren't getting met, when I ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind, time after time, I demonstrate to myself that it's all an inside job. So that's what we're here to support. And I will uh, take a breath and ask if there's anybody with a hand up or anything going on in the chat room. Michelle? Um, chat room is quiet. And um, we have a hand up right now. I think it's Shelly. So why don't we um, take his call if you're willing? All right. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good, Good you to hear, hear your Michael voice. Did you hear Michael trying to figure out where you were yesterday? You what? Did you hear Michael trying to figure out where you were yesterday? He was um, sharing the fact that, you know, the technology and that I'm in uh, Michigan and Tim's in Chicago and, um, you know, the um, lady calling from Hawaii. And then kind of like, and wherever Shelly's at. Yeah, I was sitting on my boat at Fort Lauderdale and uh, Riverwalk. Over. How are you doing, Dr. Tim? I'm doing well, sir. How may we assist you? Well, you know, I was gonna—I have two questions for you. Yesterday, I was cleaning my car out, 
and I started feeling really nauseous, and just I was just feeling sick, and I thought my blood sugar was low, so I, I, I stood up to come back to my boat, and all these fire trucks pulled up, and two paramedics, two fire trucks, ten police cars pulled up, and they go to the boat on the other side of the bridge from me because the tide was going out away from my boat. So I got back to my boat, and I checked my blood sugar, and it was fine. And I'm sitting on the couch trying to figure out what's going on with me. I'm lightheaded. I'm nauseous. I'm busy. I feel like I'm about to pass out. I thought I might need to go talk to the paramedics. And somebody came into my boat and said, that lady just jumped off the bridge behind your boat. She tried to commit suicide. Is there any chance that I felt all of that energy and, and it made me sick? Well, there's certainly the chance. I have a friend that's been a um a friend since I was a sophomore and I'm sorry, a junior in high school. And he has had experiences like that where he has vast swift changes in his emotional and physical state. And for years he thought it was just his being loose or crazy or influenced by evil spirits or I mean, a variety of different things. And he's recently come to understand that he's very, very energy sensitive and that he holds a lot of energies of past traumas in his life and they can get resonated when the people around him are experiencing intense emotions. And the work he's been doing, he's he's the person who introduced me to Michael's work, and with that kind of work and other energy work, he's realized that every time he feels that, whether it's resonated by somebody outside of him or it's resonated by an internal thought or an interaction between him and someone directly, when he does his work to clean up that energy of sadness or fear or desperation or anger, it dissipates. So he used to talk about it as though it was uh, an outside energy cloying at him or a, a possession. or And now he talks about it from the perspective of being an empath with the recognition that it's just a sensitivity he has to energy flow and that when he cleans up his own energy, even if the other person has that intense energy going on in him, he's comfortable and he gets more and more comfortable the more he works on this being around people who are going through all kinds of emotional roller coasters with their energy so i hope that helps i think it's entirely possible and i think based on what i've heard what little i've heard about your story that you've had enough traumas in your own personal life to have energies of trauma that can get resonated by the energetic impressions from others. And, of course, every one of us who's alive today has within their fairly immediate bloodline the traumas of wars and famines and natural disasters that's still there to get resonated. Does that, that make that sense? Was, that, oh, yeah, that was... That was um... It was kind of an eye-opener yesterday that, that, that I think I'm getting more connected with the universe, and that's why I probably felt like I could. It was just, I was in a beautiful, happy place, and all of a sudden I just got ill, nauseous, and then I found out she jumped for that. But wow, so maybe I am getting in touch with the universe a little more than I, I thought I was. Even better, well, I mean, I was key, happy that, that I felt it. Well, and, and the key in this work would, would be to say if I was there, in close proximity to somebody who was feeling so desperate or depressed or angry that they were going to end their life. And I had strong negative emotions get resonated in me by being so close to that energy. I can then use the tools to go inside myself and dismantle my energies of sadness, depression, desperation, anger, I don't have to wait for somebody else to resolve their issues. 
I don't have to wait until I get far enough away from the person who was suicidal. I don't have to wait until the next time somebody has anger or suicidal thoughts close to me to get it resonated again. I can go to work on what I was feeling and experiencing and do worksheets and tapping and breathing on that energy and ask to be shown the hidden part of my mind that contains that very same energy. And as I dismantle that, it's easier and easier for me to be around people even if they have very traumatic energies that are up for them. I didn't feel any emotional. I just felt physically ill. It was just a physical illness. It was in my it's the same thing, Shelley. It's, okay. it's the same thing. You do the same process. Okay. You put the physical sensations in the worksheet as the trigger. This is what happened. These are my thoughts about it. The more I have these thoughts, these are my emotions. And you can work through it, whether it's a physical ache or a pain, a verbal exchange between people, a visual image you saw, a negative recurring thought that you have. It's all the same. You can do a worksheet on anything. Okay. Any interaction. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can do a worksheet on any thought or behavior or interaction with any person, place, or thing, past, present, or future, living or dead, including yourself. Okay. And my second one that I had was um, this morning, I I, I let some um, kids stay in my house at my my son's friend's, and um, they were supposed to pay the rent on the first, and I gave them a little break. I said, just get it to me by Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever you get it. And I called them this morning and said, you know, today's Thursday. I still haven't received the money in the account. What's going on? And my perception was that the kid lied. He said, I sent it to your account, so it should be there. And I know it's instant when I sent it. And I felt this rage come up in me because he lied to me. My perception was that he lied to me. And this rage came up, and it was an uncontrollable rage. I flipped out on him. I said, you don't ever blankety-blank lie to me. You're lying. The money is instant. And, And normally that feeling would sit with me for days and weeks possibly. I would just be pissed off for days and weeks if they lied to me. But I recognized it within, I'm going to say within three minutes. I had to call the kid back and thank him for the generous trigger and teaching me that now I know where some of my rage comes from. Anytime I feel like someone is lying to me, I go into this rage, and it took me back to my mother when she would think she would lie. When she would think I was lying to her, she would beat me with Hot Wheel tracks and make me go get my own switch, which brought me back to yesterday's thing when you were talking about corporal punishment. And it processed right through me, and I called him, and I said, thank you for that trigger because I never realized where that was coming from. I apologized for flipping out on you. He said, no, it's okay. And, I, you know, and, it, and now we, have a, we had a good interchange after that, but it was just like it, I processed through that so quickly that it was amazing to me that I actually saw, I felt it, I couldn't control it when it came up because I didn't know what was triggering it, but then I realized it's because I thought he was lying to me. My perception was that he was lying to me when he possibly could have tried to send it and he might have thought he sent it and he might have thought he did what was good, what was right. It was just amazing to me how fast I process through these things now and I don't think I'll ever rage again when I think somebody's lying to me because now I see I know what it looks like, I know what's causing it and I can process through it without latching on to that thought. Well, let me just comment that that's an excellent example of the fact that you're doing a lot of good work. And the next comment I would have is please don't set yourself up by thinking you'll never rage again when someone lies to you because the layers at which my traumatic energies can be connected about lying, about deceit, about somebody holding a partial information, about some me doing it to somebody else that I'm still negatively judging myself for, about a male doing it to me versus a female doing it to me, somebody older than me doing it to me, somebody younger than me lying to me, etc., the ways it can be layered in my mind are infinite. And we had one of these conversations not too long ago on the Internet show, and somebody said something about, and I thought I'd gotten through that. And I used that to talk about how one of the 
one of the big things that helped me take my work to the next level was when I began to realize that every time I have a thought that says, I've worked through that, that's literally my unconscious trying to tell me I have more work to do in that area. And when that happens, I can use that to start doing worksheets about that set of issues or dynamics or people. I don't have to wait until the next time I get triggered and I get surprised because I say, gee, I thought I'd work through that. The example I used was if I've been thinking for several days that my car is really dirty and I need to get it cleaned, and then one morning I take the time to scrub it and wash it and wax it and vacuum it out and it's all spotless, and then later in the day I don't have the recurring thought, gee, I should clean my car because it's done. But if I have the thought, gee, I should clean my car, it, it tells me there's something left undone, either in me related to that or in the actual cleaning of the car. So if I have a thought like I'll never have rage again because of somebody lying to me, I'm probably setting myself up for disappointment. Because setting a goal. And, I'm setting a goal. And, well, or, or to turn a blind eye to any anger that might get generated in me and say, now wait, I've already done my work on rage about being lied to, so if I have rage come up in me, it must be because they're doing something. And it's, it's ne- my work is never done. I will, I will never be complete. And part of how I know that is because all the ancient teachings tell me I'm an infinite being. I'm part of an infinite, ever-expanding universe. So that's just what I would offer, that it's a red flag for me in my mind when I think, oh, I've handled this. Oh, I'm done with that. Oh, I'll I'll never do that again. Because as Michael teaches in this work, and so many other teachers, Krishnamurti and others teach about this, if the energy is in me, it's there to get resonated. I don't have any choice about that. I can have rage triggered in me any time in the next few minutes to the next few hours to the next few decades. My choice is, will I be using tools between now and the next time my resulting or um, my um, residual rage gets triggered? And will I be able to catch it sooner than I have in the past and then choose a more loving, a more self-focused, a more responsible pattern of reaction to it. That's all I have a choice in. I don't have a choice about whether or not my pain gets triggered. My choice comes in when I realize it's been triggered. Will I choose to focus on myself and dismantle those energies within me, applying whatever tools I have at my disposal? Or will I decide out of the reaction to do what I've done in the past and blame others? Right. So part of this work, if I'm not mistaken, is, is, is I know the rage will come up again, but it's not acting like an idiot and screaming at somebody out of, a, out of fear and hostility. It's going inside and saying, okay, I've got the rage. I recognize this rage. I know where it's coming from. Let me deal with this in a different attitude and a different perspective and come across with a loving, caring feeling instead of, why are you lying to me and screaming and hollering? That's part of the work, right? It's now that I can see that rage and I know where it's coming from, I say, wait a second, I felt this. I know what this is. How can I deal with this in more of a loving, caring way? That's part of what That's all this part is about, of it. correct? That, that is part of it. That's our goal. I just want to caution you against thinking you're there already because – if you're thinking you're there already and you're thinking, well, that's good, I'll never get angry, I'll never rage about that again, then if you do tend to happen to get triggered to a deep rage that you're unconscious of until it gets triggered, one of two things will happen. If you're thinking, if you're operating from the belief that you're done with it, you've handled your rage about this, 
One option is you your mind will try to convince you that since you've dealt with your rage about this, this must really be the other person's fault and responsibility, what you're feeling. And the second option is because your rage is so intense and it gets triggered, you do rage again at somebody in an um, an irrational and abusive way, and then you spend way too much time beating yourself up about those behaviors rather than going back to love, restoring yourself to your awareness of your true nature, making amends, doing the the forgiveness work, removing the upset, and then extending the love that you are. Okay, thank you for that. Thanks, too. I'm running up quite a bell, you know, between you and Michael. Well, the good news about it is it's paid in full every time you heal, every time you extend the love that you are to another. You're paying it forward. You're paying it off in full every time you apply the tools to a a disintegrative energy within you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. And deserving. So, Michelle, what have you got for us? What's new in your life? Uh, well, actually, I have um, kind of a, a clinical question. If you're willing to sort of listen to a little bit of a scenario and then um, maybe some suggestions about how I can approach using the tools with um, a newer client, okay? So basically, um, I am working with a young man who's um, been in a a long-term marriage and um, lots of efforts towards conceiving children and was blessed with um, twins earlier this year. And the concerns that he has um, brought to me is that, you know, he's also indulging in um, an affair outside the marriage. And so the first few sessions have been more related to kind of gathering history and background and, and getting a basic understanding of, um, you know, what what really the core issue as far as his, objective of therapy and and like the, resolving the ambivalence that maybe that's that's present and so um, you know I think because there there's like feelings like that you know the evidential mind supports you know he he keeps going back and forth between um, using that evidence to, like, hopefully sway himself one way or the other, but not really sure because then, you know, the consequences of whatever choice he makes um, are lifelong, and especially because um, there's a huge amount of responsibility as a a father um, related to these babies and and their, you know, infancy especially. So I was first thinking maybe, like, what he talks about is not really being certain that he wants to play a role as a dad and that maybe um, he kind of went along with things with his partner um, without really expressing his concerns related to maybe not wanting to be a parent. And, you know, maybe some shame related to, like, that sounds bad out there in the world. I don't, you know, I had these kids and now I don't want them. Or, or you know, like, you know, going back to ambivalence. And I guess I'm, you know, I'm diagnosing it as an adjustment order related to his, like, coming to terms with his stage of life changing. So, you know, I mean, at this point, maybe you could just give me some feedback Okay, so feedback about whether or not you are 
are being useful in trying to diagnose something or feedback no. in how to work with him? Yeah, like I'm, I'm like because you know there's, um, I mean there's a lot here, um, coupled with you know um, a early childhood sexual trauma, let's say 11 years old, that you know we believe could be part of why he's fearful about his role as a dad because the stuff that might be unresolved related to that. So, you know, as far as, like, um, you know, using the tools he's willing and presenting them, that's all fine. But as far as, you know, how to start, it just seems um, really kind of messy. And depending on the day or conversation or, like, perspective we're looking at it, it kind of moves a lot. As far as, like, well, you know, what does your heart say? What does your mind say? And, you know, your heart might say this, but it's really, you know, fear having you, like, take responsibility for your choices or things like that. So then it's just, um, you know, I, I've got enough background at this point. Now I need to move forward and since we don't have any callers with a hand up, I wanted to get your take. This is your client now. <laughs> well, or your support as I, as I usually try to say when I answer questions like this, here's my perspective. It's not the only perspective. It's it's perhaps not even right, but if it is right, it's not the only right way to look at it. And based on this convoluted presentation that you're laying out here with all these different aspects of his current life and his past life, and what I try to do with people is, is work in the moment. And I ask them, what is up for them right now? what is it in their life right now that they would like to have be different or they would like to be able to respond to in a different way? And when we get clear on that in this moment today or what I'm worried about for tomorrow or what I'm obsessing about from the past that's up for them right now, then we apply tools specifically to that mind energy, that thought pattern, that emotional energy, etc. And I, I spend a lot of my energy trying to stay away from all of the stuff you just said to think about what it might be. And I work actively to get to help the person in front of me have an experience, a deep experiential process that helps them cut past all of the thoughts about what it might be and uncover the unconscious material that's actually driving whatever it is they want to be different. So I would say if I had a, a, an hour session with somebody and they were trying to tell me all of these things that you just said, I would not want to spend more than 10 minutes tops talking about any of that history, any of those possible explanations for what's motivating me today. And I would want to move into one of the many techniques that can help them have an experiential shift. So whether it's doing identifying the physical sensation that's up in the moment or the emotion that's up in the moment and doing round after round of tapping or doing the EMDR work and letting them process while feeling uh, vibrations left and right or having them do a sentence completion where I'm reading the stem and asking them to just say whatever wants to answer it or actually working through a worksheet process on one specific aspect of whatever it is, that's where I find I'm most useful 
as a facilitator. I have never found practical application of a utility of a, of a useful nature by theorizing what it might be and whether or not a childhood trauma is responsible for what's going on here. Well, um, just to clarify, I think um, th those were some of the ideas he brought to the table. And I love everything you said, and um, that's really good feedback for me. The part that missing related to the very first thing you said was, what is it that you're, you know, wanting things to be? Like even being able to identify the cognitive dissonance because that part is like the problem. It keeps flipping. So, you know, I mean, approaching um, an individual conversation and, and, you know, what were the feelings butt up and using a worksheet to apply that, you know, that makes sense and I'll do that and um, he's definitely willing. Um, but I think that's okay, so then, so, so, okay, so Michelle, if he is flipping, and I'm assuming what you mean by that is one day or one part of a day he wants to be an active parent in his children's lives, and another day or another part of the same day he wants to get away from them or he's more focused on... Um, a business pursuit or another sexual relationship pursuit. Is that what you mean by flipping? Yes, you, that actually um, describes it very accurately for, for the little information you have. I mean, that is, okay. um, so, it's been very helpful so keeping then, a daily journal, and that, that is reflected daily, in the morning and the night. Okay, and so there's a number of ways to go about that. One of them might be to ask him, how does it feel for you to be flipping? And if he says, it's great, because I just go with whatever I'm feeling in the moment. I like it this way. Then there's nothing for me to work on with him. But if he says, it bothers me, it frustrates me, it makes me angry, it makes me scared, then that's the emotion in the worksheet. Okay. Now another way, another way to work on that would, if he's doing, you know, he gets up in the morning and he thinks, wow, um, I really screwed up last night. I went out and I drank too much or I gambled too much or I uh, spent the night with a, a random lover rather than paying attention to my kids. And, and uh, now in this morning I just want to connect with my kids. I, I feel badly. I want to make make it up to them. I want to... All I can think about is being a good dad. If that happens in the morning and by the afternoon or evening he wants to run away from it, then I might do work about what is it about the morning time or what is it about the evening time that's triggering energies of responsibility in the morning and or irresponsibility in the evening. I might explore power person dynamics about the time of day. I had one woman who just popped into my head, so I'll mention this. Tremendous issues with anxiety. Very bright woman, very focused on doing the right thing, very competent, and yet she had this anxiety and anxiety, and she was coming in for anxiety and anxiety, and finally, she finally let out the cat out of the bag that the anxiety reaches a fevered pitch after dark every day and that a lot of the anxiety she has during the day has nothing to do with what's going on during the day. It has to do with anticipation of anxiety and panic hitting her once the sun goes down or once we turn away from the sun. So we started to do experiential work on the evening time and she tapped into some 
powerful memories about her mother going into hysterics and being in a panic and doing some very unhealthy, unloving things only at night. And that was a huge piece of transformation for her to start to do her work around dismantling the energies she downloaded as a child in that household when her power person would fly into hysterics and fly into a rage. and So that's another way to look at that. I, I, I like that. I've um, actually um, have experience with that myself in, in other situations, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And so, then, of course, all of the above. <laughs> right, right. Once, once I discover any kind of pattern or connection like that, then I have this panoply of tools I can use, whether it's the tapping the reality management wake-up sheet or the journaling, the targeted journaling, the mind shifter, or the three earliest memories of conflict, or the codependence to interdependence work. Any of those tools might help me uncover what's stuck in my unconscious that keeps driving this behavior that I then regret. Yeah, that, that's becoming more unclear to me as I'd apply it to this situation. Because I'm also thinking to myself, um, you know, sidebar, like I have... Um, I've been very effective using, like, verbal worksheets with people who aren't even familiar with the work, you know, prior to me introducing it to them and just using the identifiers and walking them through a process and with amazing results. And so then there's this other part, like, well, why is this situation, like, got you stymied? And, you know, the parts about the ambivalence or how to approach it. So I think there's, you know, also some value in, in looking at that for me. So there's the next question. Well, that was a loaded breath. What's going on for you? Um, because um, I want to be valuable and helpful to my clients. And, you know, I feel like... Um, I'm not certain how to use the tools in this situation, and that seems confusing. Like, why, you know, just, you know, start anywhere, Michelle. (laughs) Okay, so what's the emotion in you behind that loaded breath? Um, Like, probably helplessness. Like, you know, um, somebody coming for support, but, um, you know, the way that the support looks so far is that, you know, not getting very far. And that might not be true. I mean, this person might be, like, have more, um, you know, clarity than they ever had in six months. Okay, so one of the key things we do with this is identify the goal, I want to be helpful, and cancel the goal and watch what's underneath that and do your worksheets or your tapping around that. What if you're not the least bit helpful to this person? What if you're actually detrimental to this person? Just breathe yeah, and notice what well, comes yeah. up. Sure. I mean, that goes right to um, core issues of value and worth and, you know, needing to do a certain thing to validate that instead of just knowing and being loved. And that is enough to transmute anything, really. I couldn't hear that last sentence. Um, that, that, that 
mistaken belief is that I need to do anything to prove my value and worth. Rather, being loved in the space of supporting my client is enough. And that's really all that's required. With a little, um, you know, technology. Yes, but the the issue here is just like with the client you were referring to, us discussing this is not going to do any work for you. You doing some worksheets or release work or mind shifter around canceling the goal to be of assistance and letting spirit show you what's hiding underneath you in your unconscious that's driving your discomfort when your goal to be of assistance is not being met. What's in your past, and you can't get at this by talking about it. You're going to have to just do the work and cancel the goal and ask to be shown and work with processing the unconscious material. So I'm not asking you to do that now. I'm just saying that there's the work. And the conscious logical, oh, I know what that's related to. That and $5 will get me a bag of carrots. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's my best guess because I've been down that path, you know, um, with and without support in my groups and at intensives. And so you're right. I won't know for sure unless I ask for guidance in in, in actually applying, you know, this specific situation to time with myself to, like, work on uncovering that. So I get when I told you that I'm in my head, and it's, like, my best assumption because this, you know, um, this isn't the first time it's ever come up about, you know, my own work. So I will, I will, um, I will take the feedback because I asked for it, and I, um, I'll let you know what happens with that. Because I mean, that's good. okay. Well, you know, that that idea of this is my best guess because it's come up before has these brain cells going off for me. Every time I've taken a training about a therapy technique, I have used it and had people use it on me. And only if and when it has demonstrable utility for me do I then use it with my patients. So one of the most powerful techniques I'd ever learned, I got very excited about doing it, and I, and I was just thrilled because now I knew this is going to help transform my life. And of course, just like most of us, pursue any kind of a therapy or counseling degree or training, we're going out to learn something with our conscious logical mind that we think is then going to be useful in in this process. So I went into multiple sessions having people do this therapy technique on me. It's a mind-body energy technique because I would have this negative emotion or this body ache or pain or whatever. And I went into, probably for the first two or three years after learning this technique and diving into it and developing a support group to do it on each other, et cetera, I went into probably every second or third session knowing with my conscious logical mind, this time the issue is probably going to be my grandma Hayes. Because that was a traumatic relationship in my life, and because the family history about it is so obvious, everybody knows it. And for the, it had to be at least two, maybe three years. 
every time I guessed, oh, it's going to be about Graham Hayes, it was about something completely different. And then years later, there was a situation about me dealing with a 17-year-old as, you know, I'm a, like, I don't know, 49-year-old therapist in my office, and me dealing with a 17-year-old, and I got this anxiety attack, and, and I went and had somebody do this technique on me, and lo and behold, it goes back to my grandmother Hayes. And it went back to my grandmother Hayes at a time I never would have imagined. Not the early years when it was bad, but, you know, near the end of her life. So I just caution you against the investment in trying to figure it out. And instead, I've really accelerated my processing over the years by using that, aha, I think I know what it is, the same way I use anger or sadness or grief. I use it as an alarm to tell me I'm off the mark. As soon as my conscious logical mind kicks in, in response to something I don't like what I'm feeling, I say, oh, Tim, you're off the mark. You're trying to figure it out. Or you're off the mark. You're creating anger. And then I do what I can to get myself to breathe and refocus and literally apply a tool rather than trying to figure it out or talk about it with somebody. So there's my input. I wonder if that stirred any brain cells for anybody, either you, Michelle, or anybody on the switchboard, or anybody in the chat room. Um, let me let me flip there and see. Not right now. We've got eight minutes left, and um, time to take uh, a caller for sure. I've, I've got my marching orders, Tim. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for the uh, opportunity to offer some input. Oh, and look Anybody at with a hand up, 646-200-4169. How are you, Dal? Hey, Michelle. Hello, Love Susan. Hey, Dr. Kim. Great conversation. I just want you both to know how much I appreciate the question and the answer and all the brain cells that was firing from me. Um what I got from it, my take was when I'm helping someone and supporting them in their work is to work first with what's going on in the moment. I love that. That's great because I was thinking, I had a thought that in the moment is where we heal. So coming back to the moment of what's going on for me right now is um, where I need to be. So anyway, um, and I was I was sitting in a stoplight taking notes on worksheets to do. So... That was even better. Um, Michelle, very courageous uh, and a great question. Thank you. Help me, too. I'm glad, Susan. Mm-hmm. All the way around. And even the part about you, you know, Kim was, you know, kind of resonating the question or asking the question that resonated for him about, you know, what was coming up. And I have many times in the practice that, uh, inadequacy comes up, or am I doing it right? And um, I know that's power person dynamics of uh, people pleasing and trying to please my power person. And I have an issue that's up for me right now, which is uh, power person related with my daughter. Um, and I was just um, thinking, I was, I, was, I was having my lunch, I was thinking, well, you know, it's exactly the same pattern that I had with my mother. And um, she, she, you know, she would get angry really quickly and um, go into a rage, which is what Shelly was talking about when he was talking. And um, and Shelly, my daughter, will do the same. And then they withdraw and, and they're gone. So I have to look at how do I do that. And um, that's a whole other level of healing coming up because I've looked at my father as being the power person. And now I can see... There's a great opportunity for healing around my mother. Um, and I think because she got Alzheimer's, I kind of, for the last 15 or more years, uh, 
you know, she was slowly losing her memory and her mind. So a lot of the A lot of the um no 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 slow down, just keep it going. There's a few minutes left. Don't talk about it yet. Breathe into it. Process it right here. And don't force it, but just allow it to keep moving. Be willing to feel it, and even if you don't get any time to talk about it before our time runs out on the show today, you can benefit from this. Just allow it. Feel it without judging it. Notice the judgments that want to come up. Notice how you were able to identify Michelle as being courageous and how the only way you could identify that is because of your own courage. Just allow. And as Michael would say, everyone... Listening is holding the space of love, seeing you in your total innocence, seeing all of the events in your life as either an expression of that love and creativity or a cry for help and healing. Wow, thank you, Dr. Kim. Oh, I'm dizzy. Yep, emphasize the exhales more than the inhale, and that'll go away. The one so, thought that. Some... Okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you have something to share, go right ahead. If not, that's fine, too. Well, the one thought that came at the end of uh, a lot of sadness and tears was uh, the thought that how grateful and what a uh, gift it is that my daughter is willing to help me process through uh, what I had blocked and denied uh, about my mother. That's a big shift from where I've been in the last few days. That's great. That's wonderful. I appreciate that. And um, I will definitely take this to my worksheets and um, do, maybe even do a breast session. My son comes tomorrow with my grandson. So um looks like I've got homework. Michelle, I was going to call and talk about what a great job, and I went right into it. So thank you again. The vitality must have... Uh, been high enough for me to look at another level. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I thank everyone for holding this space of love. I can feel the love. Beautiful. Hey, Dory. So, Susan, Susan, uh, look, look for, your your call reminds me that I owe you a picture of a deer, so check your email soon. Okay. Thank you. That sounds wonderful. All right. I don't know, I don't know where we are on time, but thank you. I'm complete. We have one minute left. Thanks for being here. Tomorrow's another show. Bring somebody else back. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Michelle. My outro music isn't coming on, so I'll start singing now. (laughs) Thanks again. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.